All right, good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. Enjoy your lesson today, guys. Um, I, Eric has already mentioned about the, my, my title in the title is boasting. And in and, and what place is boasting okay? Did anybody, anybody look at that and think boasting? I, I, I remember discussions of is it okay to boast in anything? Is, is it okay to boast in things? Um, the, the definition I looked, you know, just kind of curious definition I found was a statement expressing excessive pride in oneself. What's, what's good about that? <laughs> a statement expressing excessive pride in oneself. I, you know, if, if there's some boasting going on, usually that, that's some annoying people, right? Who, who really feel highly about themselves and wants the world to know uh, who they are and things. It's, it's not exactly a, a place where I think anywhere it should be, especially in a, a sermon sermon title, unless you are familiar with some of Paul's writings, perhaps. I, I think specifically in, in what Paul wrote to the uh, uh, to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 31, uh, no, it was, it was chapter 1, verse 31, where he says, for those who boast, I mean, if you're going to boast in, in strength or those who boast in their wisdom, uh, hey, for those of you boasting, you know, boast in the Lord. Now, there, there's boasting. There's boasting. And, and, but I still think, you know, that, that definition doesn't fit it very well. So I, I kind of reshaped that boasting to be, maybe it's a boasting in expressive praise and not pride. It, it's not, this boasting isn't directed towards us, so, so this makes it okay. This is what I'm talking about in boasting. It's not a boasting focused upon us. Like Eric's songs this morning, where was that directed? We don't sing songs in praise of us ever, right? I, Eric won't allow that. I, I know that would never happen. We're not going to be singing praises to ourselves. Oh, look what we've done. Woohoo! No, it's, it's really the boasting that it's speaking about is giving boasting to, to God for what he's done. That's why we come together. That's the songs that, that uh, directs us, that leads us in our worship. It is boasting that is focused upon God. Now, let, let me just do a, a review. Actually, the passage that I connect those two together, the Paul uh, with what he says about boasting, actually contains something from the Old Testament that Peter is going to repeat in the, in the passage we have today. So we're going to pick up uh, in the second chapter of 1 Peter, beginning verse 4 and going through 10. And, and uh, by the time I was done, it led me into boasting. Okay, boasting. So, so hopefully you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about as we read through this. So beginning verse 4, here's what Peter says. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, 
and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Peter goes on to say, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Verse 9, verse 9 especially. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Uh, listen, when it, it comes to that title again, boasting for the nation, who's the nation? God, it, it mentioned it a couple times here, you are his nation, you are his people. Peter's letter, let me, let me just go back and, and remind you where we've been. In Peter's letter, he said that, that uh, he was writing to the elect, to the chosen. And, and man, all this imagery of Old Testament, we're going to see it again today. But Peter is writing to Gentiles, to those who, uh, who, who did not belong, do not, did not belong to this chosen people in the Old Testament. And so he's writing to them, and he says, just as a way of review, he, he's already told us, he's, here's, here's some things to give God praise for. He has is, he is brought to us a new birth into a living hope. That, that, it, that the, the foundation of that is established through the resurrection of Jesus. And he's given us an inheritance. We are his children. We are his children. So, man, all, that, all those fantastic things. I mean, the prophets used to search for the things that they were writing down on God's behalf. They used to search for it, and angels longed to look at. And, the, and then he, Peter throws in that, therefore, what are we called to in the rest of chapter 1? We're called to living holy. Be holy like I'm holy is what God calls us to do, to live his holiness we talked a little bit about that, that instead of living holy, we know it is more of a continued pursuit of his holiness. That's a far-reaching goal for us, right? For the rest of my life, it's that pursuit of living God's holiness. Uh, but he also says that through the purification that we received through Christ, the, the shedding of his blood, that we have a sincere love also working within us. And in that, he calls us to love one another deeply. That's what we talked about last week. So in this, in this passage, he then really brings up our identity, which again, I think brings us to boasting about him and what he's done for us. So let's, let's look at that this morning. This, this boasting, or as God's nation, as God's people, we, we do have a lot to, to, to boast about. We have so much to boast about. And, and from what Peter says, he, here's just a, a small list, of course, three. <laughs> three things that I, from this passage I, I see for us to be boasting in. Number one, uh, we could boast in, in the, the Savior of this nation. We boast in, in, in the Savior uh, that, that has made us 
his nation. We're boasting in Jesus. We've already sang praises according to what Jesus has done. But, but when I say boasting again, I mean that, that excessive praise belongs to Jesus Christ. Right? Every Sunday, man, our focus is upon Jesus and what he's done for us. In verse 4, he calls, he calls Jesus, identifies Jesus as a living stone. In verse 4, he says, matter of fact, he says, as you come to him. There is no identity for us belonging to God except for the fact that as we have come to him, that living stone. That, that living stone is, is described, laid out here in scripture. Well, first of all, living. The, the idea, actually, when, when we go to verses 6 through 8, and these, these prophecies are laid out, you know, this stone is coming, a cornerstone. It, it does not identify it as a living stone, but Peter does. I, I find that significant because Peter was one of those apostles who witnessed Jesus upon the cross, who had watched him die, and then was also one of those who ran to the tomb when they, he heard it was empty. And then, man, got to see Jesus, had that opportunity to see Jesus alive. And, and ate breakfast with him and spent time with him, listened to his words, and, and then even saw him raised before all the others, watched Jesus raised in, into heaven, saying, boy, as you saw him come, he's going to return the same way. So, so Peter identifies Jesus as a living stone, not this object that doesn't have life, but knowing that Jesus is alive. Man, that's the foundation again, what what Peter started with, that's the foundation of our, of our hope. That's the foundation of, of what we live according to, is the fact that our Savior lives. Our Savior lives. He is also described as this stone that God has chosen and precious, which is also identified in the passage from Isaiah that we'll read here in a little bit. But is, it, he is chosen by God, rejected by humans, you know, as he came into this world, man, the religious leaders especially revealed that. And a majority of people, even, even uh, crying out for him to be crucified, rejected by humans. But, you know, chosen by God and precious to him. Hey, before the creation of the world. Before the creation of the world is what it says in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Uh, the fact that, that uh, it, was, it, it was a plan all along. For God, God the Father said it was through his foreknowledge this has happened. And it was all, in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, basically it says, before the creation of the world, God had this all planned out, that we, he would have a holy people for himself, and it would be through the adoption that we have in Jesus Christ. I find that fascinating, that in God's creation, he had this all planned out. People have the opportunity to respond to this living stone, especially when we look at what it, it uh, uh, what the scripture then he then uses uh, in in verses six through eight. Let me read that for you again. The scripture is out of Isaiah twenty-eight. He says, "So I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame." And, and that's out of Isaiah 28. And then out of Psalms 118, he says, uh, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. 
And it includes, again, back in Isaiah, he says, a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. In between that, he says in verse 7, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, uh, it, it's a stone that makes us fall. So it, it comes in these two choices. He is a stone that causes many to stumble. And, and those who stumble are those who do not believe in him. Those who reject him, turn their backs upon him. Uh, when we look and, and then think about this, he, he is a stone that, that uh, is, is just going to cause trouble. Matter of fact, later on, I mean, just directly after, he says what, the, what they're actually destined for. Uh, the truth of that, if we think about what Scripture has laid out, that we're all destined for what? We're, we're destined for his condemnation. <laughs> the truth is we're destined to be condemned through God's judgment, through a holy God's judgment, we're deserving of punishment. And, and so those who stumble over this stone, who reject this stone, have no other means of making things right before God. And they fall. The last, the last part of verse 8 says, they stumble because they disobey the message. Basically, they reject what God has provided, which is also what they were destined for. Again, it, it lays it out. But secondly, those who believe in him, he becomes more significant. He's not a stone for stumbling. Jesus is a stone for building upon. He's, he's that cornerstone as it's laid out in, in Isaiah for those who believe in him, who trust in him. Again, the verse begins in verse 4. It says, as you come to him, we are being built upon that living stone. We as living stones become a part of his spiritual house. I think it's significant that we, we look at this and we, we know and we hear this message often. But man, is it emphasized here amongst the praise for God in the fact that we are brought together. Uh, no one comes to Christ and is isolated, is separate from the rest of the building. We're brought together to make a living structure that belongs to him, the kingdom of God. And we come together for his purpose. We're definitely not alone. We cannot act alone. Uh, not only are we brought into the spiritual building, but we are a holy priesthood. A holy priesthood. This, this you might have difficulty with, you know. In the Old Testament, the priests were those guys who were set aside. Matter of fact, that's where that word consecrated. They're set aside for that very purpose of giving praise to God. On, on the behalf of everybody else. They were the, the go-betweens, you know. Here's God, here's the people, and those, those priests in the middle... Man, they're going to conduct all the worship practices and, and the things that God lays out on behalf of all the people in order for the people to be in right connection with God. That's, that's the priest. But, but what Peter's saying here is that we are, we are that holy priesthood. That's pretty significant. You're not just the people of God, that, that you're a priesthood. But what, what practices are you doing? What practices are you involved in? 
you know, in, in, in giving him praise. Well, anybody kill, you know, a chicken? I don't think that was in the scriptures. I'm sorry, a goat or a sheep. Why, where chicken came from is because I like to eat chicken. I don't know what it is. But anyway, that, that idea of, of is your worship have anything to do with those kinds of sacrifices? Well, absolutely not. Because Jesus, there is no better, greater sacrifice that has been given except for Jesus and his death upon the cross. You, there's nothing for us to offer. Matter, matter of fact, it says we're a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable for God. Well, what's a sacrifice acceptable for God? Well, anything, you know, anything that we do on his behalf is going to be done through Jesus. You know, man, man, the fact that, that, that we are in Christ, our actions, and, and let me, I, I believe this is a part of those sacrifices. Our prayer life, uh, 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 lifting up our prayers, our praises to him, even our requests, when we come before him, I believe that's part of our offerings before God. Our service uh, to one another and to, to anyone we do on, the, on behalf of the Lord Jesus, I, I believe that's part uh, of our lifting up spiritual uh, sacrifices before God, our worship. You bunch of priests gathered here this morning to lift up your voices and to give him praise, uh, to be honoring of his word, uh, to be receiving one another in Jesus' name. Man, it is activity that is acceptable to God. Sacrifice is acceptable to God. I believe it's also that communion time. I believe it's also that communion time where we're able to share together and remember Jesus, an acceptable sacrifice before God. It is that intent and purpose that we are there connected to God and able to give him that praise, that worship directly, directly. It's not through Eric. It's not through me. It's not through a worship team or, or anyone else. It is you directly giving praise to God through these, these means and others as well. Second, first of all, that, that boasting is definitely done in Jesus. We, we could see that, know, and understand it. But secondly, that boasting is, is in our undeserved identity, that undeserved position that we hold that's identified there in verse 9. But before I read that verse again, I, I want to take you into the Old Testament. You know, those, those Jews, they, they seemed so privileged, didn't they? If you've read through the Old Testament and you see the world, you know, the flood and everybody wiped out and the judgment upon them, and then you see how God chose through one man to create a nation for himself. Aren't you amazed at, at man, the advantage, just thinking about the advantage that these people had. That, oh yeah, they ended up in captivity in Egypt where they grew to be such a, 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 such a large number of people, but then God brought his, uh, you know, his deliverer Moses and, and, and took them out of Egypt and, and led them into a desert. There is no McDonald's. There is no uh, Burger King. There, there, there's no Cracker Barrel to stop by as you're going through Desert Way. Absolutely, they were learning that God provides. I mean, water out of a rock, Manna from heaven, everything provided. I know that they were a grumbling group. of You people would never do that, right? Under the circumstances, you would trust God through the whole thing. You would be happy through the whole experience. 
No, I've looked at that and I thought, man, I would be right there with them. You know, grumbling, why did you take us out of Egypt? But, but as, as you look at here, man, what an advantage that they had. The God of all creation who spoke things and, and things came into being and into existence because of what he said and what he's done. Man, and, and they had such a, an advantage over, over any nation that was against them. That man, he had, the, he had the power to wipe out anyone who was an enemy of that nation. And, and here, matter of fact, when he was establishing the covenant, here's the, what I want you to see. When that covenant was being established in, in Exodus, in ex, ex, no, Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6, uh, here's, here's what God you know, shared. Hey, Moses, share this with Israel. He says, now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession there's the advantage that we see in in the old testament treasured possession out of all nations you're going to be my treasured possession although the whole earth is mine sovereign god still is his hasn't nothing's changed there everything in existence is his even though all nations are mine you will be for me a kingdom of priests you're going to be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. There's where we get the idea, man, what a privileged position that the people of Israel had. Peter was a part of that. Peter was a part of that. He, as a fisherman, before he even met Jesus, he knew his identity. And here it is. He could go back and look into the scripture and say, this is who we are as a people. We're God's treasured or, or special possession. We're a holy nation where we are a kingdom of priests. That is the identity of those who are out of Abraham, who are from Abraham. He finally says that these are the words to speak to the Israelites. Man, they, were, they, they had, had reasons to be boasting in the Lord. They had reasons to be boasting in God because he chose them to be this special people. But then Peter in verse 9, says to people who are not of, of Abraham. He says to people who, who are not of Abraham, he says, but you. Now listen, he's speaking to you and I in this as well. He says, but you are a chosen people. You are. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, God's special possession that's who you are the identity he absolutely gave to his chosen people in the old testament you are and it's through that precious stone jesus christ it is through that the fact that he is that cornerstone that perfect cornerstone that sets uh for the for the rest of the building and we adjust and we align to, to our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's who we are. A chosen people. Man, how special is that? Uh, the fact that we are a royal priesthood. Again, set aside, consecrated, a holy nation through that sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. A special God, special possession. And, and then Peter emphasizes this over again in verse 10. He wants you to remember. And you need to remember this. You need to remember this. Once you were not a people, 
Once you were not a people, now you're, you're the people of God. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people of God. Once you did not have mercy, but now you have received mercy. I think about the position that we have apart from Jesus. That, that place of destiny for us is, is written out. I mean, it, it is absolutely clear that because of the holiness of God, that all we have to look forward to in this world is God's uh, judgment, condemning judgment. Apart from Jesus, that's exactly what we all receive. But now we are the people of God because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. I want us to understand. Do we understand the reason for our boasting? And what I mean by that, a boasting in Him. A boasting in what He has done. Matter of fact, in, in, in that verse or, or the phrase that comes in verse 9 makes it really clear. Verse 9 says that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. For what purpose? If we were to just look at what Peter says here, what purpose does he lay out for us and what he's created in us? What purpose? And it comes with that phrase, that you may Lay out those praises on his behalf. In, in, in verse 9, he acts, on my desk, uh, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. I printed it a long time. If you've been in my office, you'll see it on my computer desk. It's right there to be in my face like every day. It, it is right there posted. I don't know. It's been. It might be there about 10 years or so or maybe more. Just reading through the scripture, this stuck out to me even through the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 9, 23 and 24. Here's what it says. And in the context, let me tell you about the context. If you're familiar with Jeremiah, there's not a lot of good news in Jeremiah. He is addressing the people that have been defiant and are headed for punishment. That, that's who he's writing to. People like you and I who, man, feel pretty good about themselves. And, and, and there's periods of time that they felt pretty strong. They felt really wise. And were making choices in their life that was apart from God. But here in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, he said those, you know, with this idea in mind, said, man, you think you're wise, you think you're strong. Here's what he says to them. He said, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast in their wisdom or the strong boast in, of their strength or the rich boast in their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. I think this idea of boasting is really familiar. Matter of fact, I think it's laid out in, in the dictionary to give us a definition of, of how it's used in this world. Absolutely. When, when, when we find ourselves boasting, it tends to be about my accomplishments, what I'm able to do, my strength, my wisdom, uh, my wealth, what I've been able to attain for myself. Woohoo, me! <laughs> But Paul, and I believe even after reading what Peter says, makes it really clear. If we have any reason to boast at all, it ought to be the one who created us. 
It ought to be the one who fashioned us, who, who, who made us the way we are. Why does he even pay attention to us? Why? Why does he go to such an extent to choose the, the most precious stone to send into this world? So that we could choose, are we, is Jesus going to be something stumbling for us? Or is he going to be something that we're built upon? The reason he does it is because he loves his creation. He loves his creation. And he created us for that purpose of giving him praise. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you doing in that? Well, Sunday morning between 9 and 10, I do pretty good. You know, when Eric's singing up there, I'm reading the words, I'm singing along with everybody else. I, I don't think God just wants your 9 to 10 on Sunday morning, right? How, how are we doing Monday through Saturday up until 9 o'clock? How are we doing in giving him your worship, your praise? How are you doing as his holy priesthood? How are you doing with that? Are you, are you in his word, what we expressed last week? I mean, that's part of that praise, is coming to know him, coming to worship him, coming to fashion our lives uh, along with that cornerstone, Jesus. Oh, man, we have so much to boast in. How are we doing in boasting? It, it says in that passage that he's, he's uh, uh, brought us into the light. He's illumined us. He's... He's openness. Matter of fact, I, I love the word for this reason. He has made it clear who he is. He's made it clear our identity without him. And he's also said because of what he's provided, he's, he's making it clear to us today our identity in him. His holy nation, his priesthood, his special possession. That's your identity in Jesus Christ. And he's made it all possible. It's his work. And we give him the praise for that. The focus of our boasting. The focus of our boasting. Jesus. Jesus. And what he's done. What he's created for us. Something that we can never attain for ourselves. We can never become his royal priesthood. We can never become his holy nation. Never. Never. His special possession is because of his special Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's done it all on our behalf. Why do we worship Sunday morning? I think Peter lays it out. Peter absolutely lays it out here for us. And our praises ought to be every single day. Wake up in this morning. And, and hey, I just challenge you this week. Here, if, if you take anything away, when you wake up in the morning... God, I thank you for this day. Anybody can, I know some of you are the bouncers out of bed. I'm one of those. So maybe that, this is an unfair request from me. Uh, I'm annoying to my wife because I do that. But uh, there are those who wake up slow. But as soon as your cognitive self is, is awake and you're alert, express that praise to God. Thank you, God, for another day. I praise you for this day. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what you made me. Help me to give you the praise you deserve in this day. Focus your attention. Begin your day with that. That won't take but a minute. Take that minute and begin. Maybe your prayer time is that you could take a lot more time. But at least in a minute of the day, begin with praises. 
And then with that, maybe look for those opportunities to set aside, maybe sing a song or, or give praise to them, serving, praying, worshiping, you know, looking forward to gathering together as that holy nation, as that royal priesthood, because, again, we do this all together. God is good, isn't he? So in your boasting, boast in him. In your boasting, boast in the Lord for all that he's done. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you. We thank you that we have become a nation, your people, your special possession. And it's only happened through what you've done through Jesus. I praise you, Father, for passages that, that really just calls us to understand what we've received. Father, some of us, we've, we've gone through life day to day and not even uh, consider Lord, the advantages that we've been given. Lord, maybe, maybe there's times in our lives we might reflect those people of Israel, grumbling because of our circumstances, beaten down because of the hardships that we face. But the truth is, Lord, you are consistent in your grace. You are consistent in the mercy that we've been given. And we are consistently your people through Jesus. Help us, Father, lift our hearts, whether in difficult circumstances or, or in, in, in our grumbling, Lord, give us that forgiveness that we need. Father, we praise you because of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.